Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversion you to start today. Hey, everybody. We're live now. Cash call back with Dale Archdeacon and Brian Curtis for another amazing week of us demonstrating our prowess and knowing everything. Right, Brian? Oh, um, yeah. Boy, we at least as it comes to call with that. Knowing everything. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I like to say I know nothing. And then if I give you some good information, then I've exceeded your expectation. But there, okay. there you go. <laughs> Shoot low, <laughs> aim low, and they won't be disappointed, right? Under promise and over deliver, right? Yeah. Maybe we don't say we know everything. We shouldn't. Do <laughs> yeah, that. let's not do that. No, I, I'm so. not up for that. But right, um, so. while Dale's queuing up his call, I want to answer a quick question. Uh, Mike, Mike, I'm, I'm going to guess that that's probably not his name, but who knows, maybe his two, two first names. Um, how do we submit our calls? So um, Dale, what's the, the best address for to send, send our calls to? You know what? I'm just going to share my email address here in the chat with you, Mike, Mike. Um, it, what I'll do is I'll have our people that uh, cut and upload the podcast uh, start adding the URL there you go. So I sent, Brian sent his in the chat. I sent mine in the chat, Mike, Mike. So you'll be able to submit your call there. And uh, we should start, uh, there's an upload, we have an upload link where people can drop the uh, files. But what I find is people just have a tendency to email them to me. Okay. <clears throat> Perfect. Cool. So let's jump over into this call. One of our uh, longtime listeners, Lori Harris, submitted this call. So we're going to play this. And I previewed this call. So let me give you guys a little, uh, you know, we oftentimes don't play full calls on here simply because we want to keep it interesting and we don't want to take too long to do this, right? So this, uh, I don't know how long this call is, but I'm going to see if I can actually, you know what, let me upload this into Dropbox so that I can actually speed it up with this player on my computer. I don't know if I can. So we'll, I'll speed it up. That way, we typically, like I'm saying, we typically don't play full calls. This is a bit of an odd scenario. And I want to play this because the uh, Lori's an ISA. She gets into a situation where the person sounds like they're going to be doing something, and it could go either way. Honestly, it could be it could be a little bit sketchy. I'm sure Brian, that you you know, as we all have, have run into those situations where you have a lead who's saying they're going to do something. The idea of what they're going to do isn't exactly standard and might be a little bit weird. You know what I mean? And you're like, are they serious? Are they not? How do I call them out to find out if they're actually serious about what they're saying? Or do I just, you know, do I just wait and see if they execute? So um, that I think we might be running into a situation like that, right? You've had that before, Brian. Oh, only every third or fourth call I have, right? You know, it's <laughs> people, people don't seem to follow the want to follow the rules, right? You know, and, you know, and it's not as bad as it used to be, but, you know, go back to 08, 9, 10, 11, where everything was just the wild west in my in my opinion and people are always coming up with creative ways to buy or sell houses so yeah absolutely all right so i'm uploading this file right now and uh i'll just give you the rundown of it this woman who doesn't live in Lori's area says that she's looking for waterfront property she's willing to she won't be moving for a couple of years but is willing to buy the right thing if it pops up 
okay? And that the budget can be from 400,000 to a million. Okay, that's a pretty wide budget. That's a pretty big budget and two years out from uh, doing anything, but she would buy something if the right thing pops up. And the kicker, at, well, we'll play it, so I don't tell you too much, but let me jump over here. Hello. Can you hear that? Hey, Linda, this is Laurie with the Schmitz and Smith Real Estate Group. And Hi. Austin, you had registered on our site. Hi. Uh, I was hoping to just connect with you and see if I can learn about that home search. Are you planning to buy something soon or are you just kind of window shopping? You know, maybe in the next year or so, but kind of, you know, that's probably when we'll move down. But, you know, if something pops up a little earlier, you know, we could maybe rent it out or something like that. Now, I don't think that's crazy. You know, it's a plausible concept. So let's listen a little bit more, and then I want you and I to comment on what we might do based on our experience of running into stuff like this. But um, the issue is, and it's kind of hard to find, is looking for something lakefront. So okay. I know there's Lake Austin, Lake Conroe. Um, those are kind of the two we've been looking at. Okay, so you know Lake Conroe is near Houston. It's not near Austin. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah I didn't know that. Okay. But, um, you know, if you wanted to send me some lakefront um, homes, I, you know, if something was good, I'm, I'm ready to go now and just, you know, rent it out until we move down there in maybe a year or so. Okay. Well, um, that does sound like a, like a great plan to me. I don't know, though, that many people with homes for sale on the market are interested in renting them first. So are you talking about shopping the rental no, no, market? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. I you mean I, you'd buy it now and like let yeah. somebody rent it from you. Okay, investment. Yeah. I hear you. I got a little. I can see this myself. Right <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we got a little upside down. Got corrected there, right? Yeah, I'm glad she was okay. kind enough to correct her. Right, kind enough to correct her, which you know that could have run into an error. But I think that that you know that come that just speaks to the ISA's experience with doing this. I think both you and I understood that meant buy it, rent it out, not necessarily rent it from a seller for the next two years. And, you know, that's something that you learn over time. So I'm not going to pick apart that. I thought, well, right. maybe I wasn't very clear. No, I think it was probably me. I'm a little slow this morning. Okay. So great. That's good to know that you could, if you found the perfect thing, you could, you could act now, but, and that, and that you wouldn't plan to move into it for a year. Um, Got it. Pardon me. Okay. Yeah. And are you moving, moving from wherever you are? Where are Colorado. Uh-huh. Colorado. Okay. And will you be, oh I guess you God. don't have to sell first in order to make the investment? No, I don't. Okay. And will you be paying cash for that or do you think you'll be financing it? Um, depends on what I buy. You know, if I found a, you know, a two bedroom condo or something like that, then um, right now the market, it's almost better for me to put, you know, a sizable down payment and finance because money is cheaper than I'm making right now on my investments. So I probably finance a little bit, but I. So in listening to this, Brian, when I heard this part, I was like, Hmm, this is a pretty sharp person I'm talking to. Right. <clears throat> I agree. Um, here's a question she missed in my opinion. Why are you moving here? What is bringing you to Texas? Because, yeah. Oh, I'm a multimillionaire who, you know, does this? Oh, okay. So maybe some of the legitimacy could have been figured out by just doing a little bit more discovery there. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I wanted to play uh, to a certain point so we could hear Lori's um, investigative or discovery process. And I don't think that it's a bad process. I think that you and I might have a, a slightly different process only because of our experience. And, you know, when's the last time you talked to somebody who bought a second home in another area two years in advance of actually doing anything, right? It sounds like an idea, but how often does it actually happen? You know what I mean? So- Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but you know, the right person who has money, that, that's kind of the exception. Would do it, exactly. And so what, what I want everybody listening to understand is that Brian and I already have the depth of experience to know that that doesn't happen often. So what we would do is go much more quickly to how we validate this concept with this person whether they're able to do it, why they're doing it, and see if the story makes sense. Usually, I don't know about you, Brian, I, probably only once or twice in my career has anybody done something that literally did not make any sense to do, but they executed on it anyway. I'd say normally 99% of the time, if the story doesn't make sense, they don't execute on it. What do you think? I think you hit it right on the head. Every once in a while, you'll get an outlier, but that's what they are. They're outliers. And, you know, when you've got an outlier, you just do more discovery, you know, ask the next question. And by the way, but that should always be a question. Oh, I live in Colorado. Perfect. What's bringing you to Texas? Uh, and that should always be a question because now we're talking about getting people talking about their favorite subject themselves. Yeah. Right. And, you know, in, in, in Lori's discovery, I think she didn't get to that until very far down near the end of this conversation. And this is a 10 minute and 35 second conversation. And in fact, I don't even know if Lori really asked it directly as what brings you to Texas? Why are you planning to move here, right? Why are you leaving Colorado? Uh, and how long do you plan to stay? What, what's bringing you or whatever it may be. But I don't think she got to it. And, and I think it was actually kind of indirectly the way that she did it. She just she asked who would be moving with her or if it was just her. She said, no, my boyfriend would be coming, too. And uh, and, and then Lori asked, do you have any relate? Like, are you connected here in Texas at all? Lori's in Austin. She said, are you connected down here? She said, yeah, I have connections in Dallas, but nobody in, in Austin. But Austin, Austin is an awesome city. And so then Lori said, oh, okay, great. So you've been here before, right? But it, we, I, we didn't even really get to the why she's coming here, or how she happened to choose this place, other than it's a really cool city, if that makes sense. Yeah, and she did something that I hear a lot of agents do also that I'm going to caution people to avoid. She made an assumption or a guess, and I don't remember what it was, but she said this and this and this, and she goes, yeah, that's right. But it was a wild guess. I mean, and so stay away from guessing. If you don't know the answer to a question, don't guess and fill in the blank for somebody. Instead, yeah. just ask the question, you know, are you moving here for work? No, I'm guessing that you're moving here for work is not as good a question as, are you moving here for work? So yeah. take that out. Don't do uh, as often, don't mind read people. Like yeah. ask the question, let them answer it. Don't fill in the blank for them because yeah. oftentimes that will keep people from giving you all the information you want because you just put them in this box and they go, great, I'll live in that box. And Don't put people in a box and make them live there. You know, what's crazy is I know we're discussing Lori here and normally on the podcast, we don't get into who the person is or their personality so much. I can tell you, Lori, super smart person. Like Lori is like one of those note taker kind of people that like can think in that kind of like she's she's I would say that Lori is very familiar with being right being correct she's very smart 
what happens with people like us is that we fall into that trap of wanting to be right and not look like we don't understand or don't know. And then we make guesses because we want to demonstrate to the lead that we know or understand, if that makes sense. To your point, when we do that, we eradicate natural discovery and some additional information that we'd otherwise get if we could just play stupid. Yeah, and, and, and you hit it on the head. Smart people have disadvantages too, right? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a thing. So, you know, get out of your own way is something we might say in that situation. And, you know, the smarter you are or the flip side, of, the more experienced you are. Oh, I know what's about to happen next. Be oh, careful yeah. with that. Because I've done it like, oh man, I've made 10,000 phone calls. I know what the next thing is. And then I was wrong and I screwed up and it screwed up the phone call. So man. don't get you, too smart. You know what? <laughs> Even in talking to people about coaching and training over the years, I have definitely smacked some people with my knowledge and experience and it didn't go so well, if that makes sense, right? Absolutely. My, my humble fell off and I'm like, I've heard this a million times. Let me tell you the way this is going to go. Guess how much people like that? Not so much. Yeah, about zero. Right. Okay. So I want to see if we can hear that assumption. Let me see if I can find it here. Oh, right now. So you've only oh got about God. 60 tree and we just got a bunch of snow. Yeah. Um, no, I just happened to. Oh, wait, I want to show this good part. Um, outside of Denver. Probably really? Bring you. Yes. You hit the nail. <laughs> Okay, so you're kind of wanting to see what's out there, to, and then you'll match your I, interest in your financing. You'll match the level of excitement you have for the project. The, the that's really you bring you. yes. You hit the nail on the head. I'm not. I'm not very. I'm pushing yeah. a shopping cart in the Here. snow right now, so you've only oh got about sixty percent of my interest. So. I'm pushing a shopping cart in the snow right now. You have sixty percent of my interest. All right. We're at four minutes and twenty seconds into this call. Let's listen to what Lori did that I think helped helped extend the conversation for what turns out to be another six minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. Listen, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, oh no, we're like running short on time here, right? She's pushing a shopping cart in the snow and we're a strange salesperson. Uh, so listen to what happens here. She immediately shifts gears from like functional fact finding to more like building rapport. What part of Colorado are you in? I'm in... Um outside of Denver, but um, just a suburb south. It's called Lone Tree, and we just got a bunch of snow, and I'm just out picking up a prescription and trying to navigate and get home for an 11 o'clock conference call, but I'm glad I picked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you picked up, too, and you mentioned Lake Conroe. Um, mm -hmm. Is it either or, Austin or Conroe? Lake now she's back to Discovery. Isn't that crazy? Like, she took the off-ramp with, where are you? Where, what part of uh, Colorado? When she said she was pushing a cart through the snow, right? So I just wanted to demonstrate that. I thought that was a good part. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can find the part where she makes the Austin assumption. We'll we'll take one more stab at it, but I don't want people to get bored. Then we'll move over to some potential questions. And then eventually, though, I would like to. Well, actually, let me ask another question. You got people looking for you already. Are you already working with an agent here in Austin? All right. Um, so I think I've, I've covered a year or so. Okay, I see. And who else will be moving with you? Just my boyfriend. Okay. All right. Um, so I think I've covered some of the, the main things. Um, 
what I'd love to recommend, I work, well, actually, let me ask another question. Um, are you already working with an agent here in Austin? Have you got people looking for you already? You know, I've had a couple people, but, but you know, they've sort of disappeared. So oh, I think fine. the answer to that is, <laughs> I think the answer is no. Not- I'd say that's a red flag. What do you think, Brian? No, because she said I had a couple of people. Here, here's what the here's what I'm hearing, and, and you know we go back to the original conversation. And the original conversation was, this feels like maybe not a legit buyer. And I could see myself, full disclosure, you know, I wasn't a perfect agent by any stretch of imagination, but I could see myself going, this person's a year to two years out, I'm not dealing with them. And so I got them on the phone. I'll send you some listings. I'll set up some stuff. Blah 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 but I'm not really interested because it feels too far away. And I yeah. know uh, today I wouldn't do that because I, that's dumb, but I could see a lot of agents doing that. And again, yeah. I've done it. I know yeah. I have. So there's a question that I would do into the face of this. I want to see what Lori does. God. Okay. Well, that's good news for me. Um, I would love to have the opportunity to earn your business. And I can assure you that we will not disappear. You're going to have to tell me to go away. I'm the most likable <laughs> man you've ever met. Um, so that's a pitch. Let's see if she, what the next question is. So, you know, what I'd really love to recommend is that I actually have an agent on my team, one of my partners, who is not only... <clears throat> All right, so she's an ISA. She's setting her up with the agent. <clears throat> if I were an agent having this call or even a really skilled ISA, I think the question that I would have asked when she said, yeah, I've had a few, but they kind of disappeared, so not really. <clears throat> I might have asked, I would have gone down the road of, have you made an offer on anything? And if she hasn't, why she hasn't made an offer yet, Right what steps she has taken. Because if she already presented the scenario, she's 400,000 to a million. She knows where she wants to be. She's already been talking to other agents looking for her. She already told me it's difficult to find what she wants. Has she made an offer or not? And why not? Right. So I want to, I'm going to use that to sort of gauge how serious or not serious you are. I'm, you know, constantly trying to filter her to see if she's legit or not. Or she's just off her heads and dreaming. You know, that sounds like a very legit question. But and I'll say this again: we we talked about it. I also would have got an idea why the heck she's moving here, because there's a big difference between I love Austin and I want to live there, and I've got a I'm you know I've got a contract that's starting in a year and a half because I'm a contractor for company X Y Z. Yep. If I'm a contractor and I have to move there for a job, then that makes more sense. Or I have a grandkid. My, my, you know, my daughter is pregnant and she lives in Austin and I, you know, I want to be like, if we know the reason they want to be there, it really gives us a lot more information. Yeah. And it, it's such a vital question with this person because yeah. it's a big, massive move and she's taking the action a year to two years ahead of actually moving there. So there's some, there's a big piece missing and, there but is. I like your question. Yeah, there is a big piece. And I don't think it was ever gotten in that conversation. Honestly, I, I've listened to almost the whole thing. I don't think it was ever caught. That was never obtained why they were doing this in the first place. Yeah. So, so remember, guys, who, what, why, where, when, and how. Yeah. Right? So why is one of the biggest, you No, know, all of those parts are important. I'm not going to say, oh, this one's more important. But why is our lever? So, you know, I've got to move there for a new job. Great. Now that changes versus, you know, I like the area and I want to move there someday. 
those are two completely different people and you have a different lever that you can pull to get them to take action. So, you know, the biggest thing that I'm looking at for somebody like this is how do I create a level of urgency for this person to transact sooner than later? Because again, I don't want to try and have to follow up with them for a year and a half. I will, but at the end of the day, I'd much prefer that she buys a house next week than, you know, next year. So, you know, we want to create that urgency um, around that for sure. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Good. Interesting. Uh, enough, so. You know, yeah, you, we were talking in, in the green room about this, but here's another urgency question, right? So uh, my, <clears throat> my business partner is a mortgage broker and uh, he sent me a text message probably about, oh, I don't know, probably two hours ago. 4.5% today interest rates on, on 30 year fixed. And so it's funny when I said that today, I was like, yeah, I don't care. And honestly, I don't care either, except what is the lever that I can pull. So for all of you who are trying to create urgency for somebody, this is a great opportunity. I would create some sort of graph or chart or something showing how much interest rates have gone up since January 1st. And having that piece of information for people it's a trend right now. Does that mean interest rates couldn't be at three and a half next week? No, doesn't mean that. But we are trending up. And now I need to create some urgency for some of those people who are like, well, I'm going to wait for the market to crash. I want to wait for this. Well, guess what? You wanted to wait for a change. Here's the change. It's just not the change you want. So do you want to wait longer? Or do you, you know, and it's one of those things like, I really wished I had bought $10,000 worth of Bitcoin when it was 50 cents a coin, you know? I would be very wealthy right now if that was the case. Didn't, but boy, you know, I wish I did. And I don't know that I'd use an example like that, but you know, when's the best time to buy something? Yesterday, when's the second best time to buy something? Today. Right. So, you know, and, and it, it's kind of a, a corny joke, but the truth of the matter is we, we need things to create urgency. And I've got to believe that this is going to slow the market down. So I don't know about you, Dale, but I'm calling every one of my clients right now and saying, hey, interest rates hit four and a half percent today. A year ago, they were at 2.78 or whatever ridiculous number they were at a year ago now. I'm not calling you to scare you. I'm calling to let you know that we're going to probably see a little, start seeing a little bit more inventory. And also, we're going to you're not going to get that unbelievable interest rate anymore, but it's only gonna, probably going to get worse. Do you want to go look before it becomes five, five and a half, six? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Now's the time to take the action. And, you know, if you have buyers who are <clears throat> balking at the state of your current market, rattle that interest rate over their head, man. You know, it's it's going to go up. Everybody's saying it's going up. There, nobody's saying that it's going to go down or stay where it is. Right, Brian? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and Dale and I don't know these things. Like, I don't know that it's a fact that it's going to go up. So I don't say that. I don't say interest rates are going to go up. I say this, the experts are saying, because although I consider myself somewhat of an expert, I want to have a third party validation. No one cares what I do because I'm trying to sell them something. But if I'm telling them the expertise, the stuff that I've learned, all the experts, all the people in our industry, state phrases like that, create legitimacy around what you're saying. It's not just Brian or Dale making some stuff up because that sounds good. So maybe you'll buy something. No, this is what the experts are saying is happening. And this is the trend. It's my job as your real estate agent to inform you of those things so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And so just so everybody understands where that's relevant, right, Brian, for those buyers who uh, are sitting on the fence 
who want to do something, but either haven't yet or, or took a break because they got disappointed, this is a way to push them forward. For those buyers that you are trying to get them to draft an offer on something or consider raising their offer or being competitive on something, this is another strong point you can use to, to get them to do what they need to do to win the house and protect against higher payments and uh, spending more in the future. And for sellers, the higher interest rates just decrease or erode the buyer uh, purchase power, right? So for sellers, it's another pressure point to get them to put their property on the market or accept the offer they have in front of them. Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. I looked the other day, I saw someone put something on, in one of the Facebook groups that I follow. Apparently the number of houses built in the last couple of years is significantly down compared historically. So we're still having inventory shortage. Like that's oh, yeah. not going away probably anytime soon. Even with the interest rates rising, we're not going to see all of a sudden that our inventory is going to quadruple overnight. I think it will slowly continue to go up because A, we're getting into selling season and B, you know, every house doesn't sell in 12 seconds now. So, you know, that's going to start to happen soon. I don't know when, but soon. So, but again, our job is to be out educated, to explain the market, to explain these things to our clients. Like, you know, I would take a look and say, what would happen if the interest rate's five and a half percent at your price point? It's going to cost you $250 a month, $300 a month, whatever it is, or reduce the amount of buying power that you have. However you want to do that, you can flip it on its head either way. And again, I'm not telling you guys to become mortgage experts, but what I am saying, I want to work with an agent who understands the entire scope, not somebody who can pop a lock. So right. educating people on how things are working and trends, that's a very valuable thing to me. Like if I was going to buy a car and somebody could tell me like, look, um, buying a car that gets 12 miles to the gallon right now is really cheap because gas is really expensive. Okay, great. How long is that going to last? Or what's that going to do the long-term value of the car? You know, those type of things. I want to be able to understand these things. Same thing with buying a house. And remember, Everybody who you're talking to is talking to five or six other agents. How are you going to stand out? Stand out by being more professional, more educated, and provide them value in the things that you talk about. Yep, absolutely. All right, Brian, we have beat their ears off once again uh, for another successful podcast. Uh, so hopefully everybody got some value out of that. 